0: You're listening to the Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more.
1: Welcome to
2: Season Two, Episode Twenty of the Collected Podcast. I'm Jess Biondo. And I'm Tia McNelly. This week, we are so excited to have Kim Honeycutt back with us. Kim is a good friend of Collected Ministries. She has always been so supportive, and we are always super grateful for her wisdom. Um, she is a therapist. She, is, uh, she has quite a story, and she's also an author of this book, But Your Mother Loves You. For those of you who are watching on video, you can see the cover of that. I highly recommend that book about um, com- overcoming the cycle of toxic love so that you can live your life without shame. Um, Kim, welcome back to The
3: Collected Podcast. Hey, Tia. Hey, Jessica. Hey. I, I'm so excited to be here. Like, this is— Good. Like, seriously, I'm so for y'all. And I just know want you to know, like, I've been heart so heavy and just been praying and was just in deep prayer. And then, like, the next day— I got your email. So thank you. Awesome. Thank all of y'all for being obedient. And so that I could have an opportunity to unburden my heart in front of y'all.
2: Excellent. Mm-hmm. We I- treasure your vulnerability and openness um, and just uh, how you handle what you know with such open hands, because we should be paying you a whole lot of money for the words you're about to share Say it with again. us. So. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 know that people pay a lot of money to come sit in your office and get right, this information right. and to have these conversations. And so mm-hmm. we just wanted to open the floor first of all today and allow you to speak your heart. What are the things that are burdening you in light of Covid nineteen, in light of racial tensions, um, in light of your own story? Yeah. yeah, in that context. So just mm-hmm. yeah, give us give us a little yeah. picture of what's on your heart and I know I'm gonna have a lot of questions for you. And before we get
1: into that, to give you a little time to think, um, I just want to remind our listeners that your whole story that you shared with us is in season one, episode 23. Um, so they great. can go back and yeah. listen and hear more in depth about your life and your story. But just so our new listeners, get a snapshot of who you are. Could you let us know a little bit about your background and um, just who you are in general?
3: Absolutely. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. So I am a psychotherapist. And so what that means is I have this, I have this great opportunity to meet with people and help them be able to find what blocks them from the sunlight of the spirit. And so it all, all started for me because it's, it's just a life of empathy. And I want to talk about empathy today. But just say a little bit about my background that led to me to be a psychotherapist is that I grew up in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, but my dad's 100 percent redneck. Love him. Adore him. He's an attorney. He's an amazing man. He's my favorite person in the whole world. But my mother is from Panama. My mother is full blooded Hispanic. And so I grew up in that culture also grew up, as I said, in a small town, which meant when people met my brother and my brother looks like my mom and he's dark. Mm-hmm. And I just by stereotypical don't look Hispanic. Right. There's certain features about me that are a little bit different. But honestly, if you're white, you probably don't pick up on that. Mm-mm. But that um, because of that, people would meet my brother and me. And I remember they would look at us and ask which one of our parents is black. And my brother has faced great discrimination. He's been told he's not dark enough and he's not white enough. And so forth. Mm-hmm. my mom and how she got treated when she came to this country and just people yelling the N-word at my family and things I've experienced, it created this beautiful, painful empathy and just level of compassion that has just allowed me to have a certain open-mindedness that I get to use today. So, so even being... A therapist right now in the Times, honestly, I have a lot of white people coming in asking me questions because I'm the white person that they can ask, that kind of stuff. And that's just an absolute honor because it's part of why I'm so happy about your podcast. We've got to have conversations Yeah. about this. We'll also tell you that I was probation and parole officer for two and a half years. And I would have done it longer, but I left to go to graduate school. And so I've been to the police academy. I know what it's like to arrest somebody. And so I have incredible empathy when it comes to that. It's an incredibly dangerous and hard job. So I do feel like the Lord has given me a lot of different perspectives on this that I want to share about today.
2: That's good. Let me ask you just straight up, Kim, because, I mean, you know, my husband's in law enforcement. Right. Do you— you may have it sorted out a little better than me because you're smarter, you have more education, and you're a therapist. What well, was that it again? What? You're smarter than there me. There you go. <laughs> it's on record now. <laughs> but are you feeling um, the tension of those different perspectives
3: in this season? Because I know I am. Yeah, oh, absolutely. My heart's really heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not about sides for me. It Like, I'm always on God's side. I'm seeking his face in all of this. That's good. And the people I know, and I have many people of color in my life, the people that I know aren't, uh, just the way they, they we talk and how they're talking about this is not what you're seeing on Facebook. Right. It, it's, you know, the law enforcement people I know is not the people that are in the videos, but it doesn't mean that there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. There's absolutely, there's absolutely a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And part of what my heart's heavy for is that people are accosting me in all this. I'm getting a lot of private messages and people are are, an attack's too strong of a word, but they're coming at me for my stance in this. And for, for, for even posts that I've liked, people have private messaged me over it. Really? Absolutely. And so... I, I think people are so in a trauma response. They don't know where to put it. And I think I'm an easy target for them to try to process it with them. Yeah. And so it's really, it's part of the reason why I was in prayer of like, how how do I hold all this for people coming at me? And I, and again, I know for me, the people I know the people in the black and Brown community, people have come at them. On so many different things, and it gives me an, a deeper understanding. But I'm not at my best when someone's coming at me. Who is? Right, exactly. You know who was <laughs> Jesus. True. He's Jesus mm-hmm. the only person that was abused and was at his best when he was abused. That is such a good
2: point that I have never had. I've never had that thought. Well, once again, I'm the smart one. <laughs> it's
3: true. It's true. Right. You get full credit I'm today. So humble. <laughs> But people who don't know me, please know I'm joking. All right. Um, so, but that's the thing. Like I can't, but I understand the autonomic nervous system and I understand our central nervous system and I understand trauma responses. And if I did not, I think I'll be in the fetal position right now. Right. And so how people are interacting and why I'm watching them, I'm like, oh, you're, you're in dorsal vagal. You're in sympathetic, you know, nerve. And that's why you're acting like this. And so I don't personalize what they're doing. Right. You know, we are, we're, we're, there is no way you can grow and get closer to the Lord if you're constantly offended or you're constantly in fear of offending.
2: So true. Can you say that one more time because it is so important and it's
3: integral to our message at Collected? So I cannot constantly be in fear of offending someone or I can't constantly be offended all the time and be in relationship with the Lord in the depth he wants me. That's so true. That's so I good, I can do Kim. it. Hmm. And so being sensitive and personalizing things, two different things. True. Two different things. So I'm, I'm a sensitive person, even though I'm an eight. Enneagram eight, go eights. I'm sensitive. You're the best eight I've ever known, by the Aww, way. Aw, thank you, Boo. <laughs>
2: As a three, that's
3: a high compliment. It's you know that, right? It's a super high compliment. It yeah. really is. It really is. <laughs> so i like, I would press my feeling, which is why I'm such a good therapist. I don't feel what they're going through. I can right. sit with them in their burden, but I don't take it on and go, oh, what? You know, I don't. Right, okay. So, so I'm sensitive, but I don't personalize. Because I mm. can watch someone's behavior and understand it. Like I understand the Bible because I understand psychology. I understand psychology, it helps me understand the Bible. Yeah. And it really talk
2: really a little did bit work. about personalization in case people don't understand that concept. Cause I think I learned about personalization from you online in your social media. You probably well, didn't know that. But no, I didn't. that's a that's cool. super, super good concept. So let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah.
3: So my relationship with the Lord is really personal. Right? In relationships you have with your husband and different people, it's really personal. Right. And so that is the more personalization with Christ is, the less I will personalize what's going on with you. All right. I'm using an example that may get me in trouble, but it's a great example. So someone that I know posted about the, it was a tweet, Twitter, whatever young people are into one of them things. And she just photocopied or whatever and shared it on Facebook. And it was a statement that was healing for me. It was about it was a woman saying, hey, I've never stood in a room with a gay person, a Muslim, et cetera, and felt threatened, but I have with a white man. That was healing for me yeah. because that is, that is the people who have hurt me. That has been my experience when it comes to sexual assault. That has been painful for me. It was a healing moment. And so I wrote, that's true. I got a private message from someone saying I'm a leader in the church and I have no reason, I have no right to speak against a white man. You're so, not speaking against all white men. I wasn't. I just, I, I honestly had a moment where my my central nervous system calmed down because people don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. There is also implicit bias against white men. There's an assumption, and so that that's not talked about. And to the me that brought up that as well, I thought that was a good point. And when the person sent me a private message, and again, what I said was public so they can do this. What they came at me with was so long, I knew it was about them. Right. Right? And so I don't defend. I didn't say, hey, that was a healing moment for me. That was about me. I I heal people all day long. I don't get healed unless I go do something. I had a moment. And now you're coming at me. I'm not going into all that. Right. That was about her 100%. And I stayed calm in the conversation and I told her, I heard her concern and all that. And she still came at me, further evidence, it's about her. Right. I'm not personalizing that.
2: That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting because, you know, my, my personal. Um, you know, like Tia McNally Notes platform is really focused on um, intentional living and Christ-centered mm-hmm. soul care. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that obviously bleeds into Collected because Collected is, is kind of all the content for the book Collected that I'm working on. And Yay. when I think about... Yeah, I know, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I think about, when you really boil that down, Jess and I were just talking about this earlier today, it, it, the concepts all boil down to be, being well, Mm -hmm. so that you can love well.
3: Say it again. And so if we can
2: be well and love Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. I think we've done it. Mm -hmm. I think that that's going to make us Christ-like. That's That's going to give us the opportunity to bring healing into situations. And you, Kim, have done Mm. the work to Mm. be well so Mm. that you can love well in that situation. You are a well and healthy person, and you can look at someone else's unhealth and say— this isn't actually about me. I can right. stay unoffended in this scenario that's and right. just love you and serve you in this. And that's huge. That's right. And I think that's the goal. I spent yes. a lot of my life being offended and personalizing.
3: Yes. Right, right. And, 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 and it's bondage, right? And we're yeah. not called to bondage, right? right? We're not. And so one thing I want to throw out there is, in the, and you know, the Lord gave me this today when I was I was I went for a run. I was thinking about you and saying, tea is great, tea is great. And, um, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> that was the chant the whole time I was running. <laughs> And um <laughs> and uh and and so th- and and I'll go into this, I want to go into autonomic nervous system and, and understand trauma mm-hmm. responses, but part of why running works for me and it's my beast still know that I'm God is that your autonomic nervous system is things you can't control. It's blinking, it's digestive system. The one thing you can manipulate is your breath. So when I'm mm-hmm. running and I'm controlling my breath, it actually puts me in a in a place where I can hear the Lord's Because it changes your your nervous system, and so that's that is my be still and know that I am God. That is how I hear Him. Wow! And so I'm running this morning, and He gave me Galatians one ten, Galatians five one, and Galatians six one through through six. Like it was. So I want to throw this out there to everybody. So. Galatians 1.10 tells us, am I still trying to win the approval of human beings or am I living for God? If mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get people's approval, then I'm not serving God. That's good. That goes into not being offended, not taking things personally. And then what gave me is Galatians, going on from Galatians 5.1, which is it is for freedom that Christ set us free. It means we've been set free. It doesn't mean we're free, but you've been set free. That's good. And it says stand firm, which means the foundation of God, which is grace, mercy, justice. It's His foundation. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Wow. So we have a choice in that then. You have absolute choice. But if I'm going to get unburdened, so that I can go help those still in slavery, still enslaved. I've got to do my work first. Yep. And because once it's done, then I can go into Galatians 6, 1 through 6, which says that I am to stand beside my brothers and sisters who are burdened. Mm -hmm. I am to stand beside them and I don't have to carry their load. It's their load, but I can walk beside them in protest and whatever that looks like. I am to be there, but it says if I don't do my work, then when I'm standing beside them, I will be tempted by other things, which means I'm going to start rioting. I'm going to go into something else. All right. And at some point we've got to get past asking the brown and black community to get put. We're putting the burden of proof on them. We've got to get past that. we got to get to the burden of truth. Yeah.
2: They were so standing
3: only on the, the truth of Christ. We're not thinking about people. It's the approval of God. And that's why we're shoulder to shoulder with people. That's so good, mm. Kim. Yeah. That, that, and that's what he showed me this morning.
2: Yeah. And do your own work first. Be well so you
3: yeah. can love well. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's so, so good. Let, so let me go into brain chemistry of why what I said yes. I think is important. Is that okay?
1: Mm. Yes. Okay.
3: All right. I'm going to be a little bit nerdy. Be all the nerdy. Do it. Yeah. I don't want people to think I'm nerdy. But see but but I you're, you're so cool. I, really
2: I don't okay. think anybody can make that mistake.
3: That's a really good point. Okay. So <laughs> Um so here's part of why I understand things and praise God for this. So you have your attachment style which starts it as a as a child. So when all this stuff started back up when this stuff started about COVID it really just got me back into study attachment styles, which are crucial in relationships since for 20 years, but it really threw me back into really studying it because I really started thinking like, why are some people buying toilet paper and other people are judging people buying toilet paper and they're out buying a gun? Why are, why is all this happening? And so it really got me back into really looking at people's sense of safety because here's the thing we have to have, we also talk about safety in connection, right? Life is about connection, but it's really about safety in connection. So, you have you have your sympathetic nervous system, and you have a parasympathetic. And if you are in sympathetic, that basically means that you are anxiety, anger, and danger. And then that what you are doing is overthinking and overworking. You're just doing. Mm -hmm. it's a person at church who's sitting all the tables up doing everything they have to do for the women's ministry and they are almost manic in how they're doing stuff but they aren't connected to people at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. you cannot be sympathetic and connect you're just doing you're just doing this is fight or flight
2: so you can seem healthy and helpful yes but not really
3: but you're still in fight or flight that is their okay. that is their fight or is their flee right so mm. a lot of what we're seeing is primal with people because people are in so much fear that it's just it, they're in a they're in a primal fear and so just to think of like if god made us our brains so that if you saw a tiger back in the day you would flee you would mm-hmm. run Mm-hmm. you're you're watching a lot of people who when they see a police officer they see somebody they flee mm-hmm. and 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 that's that's sad like that's it's programmed yeah yeah it's programmed and it, it's also well, it, there's just a lot of programming that's happening and that is not that's not your husband's goal it was never my goal when i was an officer ever and, and i right. know there's reason why it's happening mm-hmm. it's just not what's meant to be so right. when you're sympathetic, you were in a trauma response, and you're either a fight or flight, or a fawn. Fawn means that you're codependent, right? Oh. Yeah. Okay, wait, fawning can you go is, into that
2: just a little bit more?
3: Yeah, so there are four trauma responses. Okay. And one of them is called fawning. And fawning means that you're trying to be an appeaser. You're trying to clean everything, do everything, so mommy and daddy won't get in a fight. You're hmm. trying to... If I just come if I just make a, if I just make a really good dinner, then my kids won't, won't act this way. Like it's, it's just doing to try to calm. If you're trying to manipulate the situation by what you do. Got it. Okay. That's interesting. And the other part of it is in parasympathetic is called dorsal vagal. All right. That is when you're in unaffected, numb, frozen. So even That's though a very danger, familiar
2: trauma response to me. Yes. I understand that one. That's right.
3: And <laughs> yeah. remember, frozen and calm look the same. It's true. They look the same. And so part of why this is important is that with COVID and then things that are happening now within race relations, like you're you're watching people in fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. Mm. Here's the thing. If I stay there, I can't grow. I can't transform. I can't change. The only place that we actually change is in what's called ventral bagel. Ventral is also called social engagement. Right. Connection. Right. So when I'm I'm in social engagement, it means that I have the ability to think of options, have choices, not personalize, not be offended, have a disagreement with you, but we'll go back and forth. There's an ease. There's still an intimacy that can happen. So you can look in your mirrors. There's times your husband might do something and you go into sympathetic and you're, you're in fight mode and you will go nowhere in that conversation. Nowhere are good. All right. We have to be able to stay in, in, ventral vagal. We have to be able to stay in connection because that hmm. is, that is where we're pro relationships. Instead of are just you pro- tell us how we do that. Um, that might cost you a little bit. Okay. But <laughs> otherwise, honestly, you're pro self. You're just trying Mm -hmm. to get by. If you're in ventral vagal, you're in secure connection, you are pro relationships. Mm. That's where you're present and you feel the closeness to God because you don't do anything to get close to God. Like he's always there, but we won't feel it. So if you're sympathetic, you think you have to earn it. You think you have to keep doing things to feel closeness to him. Right. And you're in dorsal. You will think he's never going to be there for me anyway. It doesn't matter. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So that's why this is so important of understanding and so we've got our black and brown brothers and sisters out there who may be from a young age because of circumstances and it's not just them but i'm just for for what we're talking about today they may be in a trauma response and have been which means cortisol is flying through them constantly and 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 they cannot be at their best
2: yeah
3: yeah that makes sense based on circumstances Mm -hmm. right and so that is my heart and my compassion. So here's the thing, everybody if you don't have a posture of curiosity or a posture of compassion towards others and towards yourself, you will get nowhere but where you are. Preach. Mm. Oh, yes. We have to have a posture of curiosity, mm-hmm. right? So even therapeutically, and this is why I think it's so important to understand that systemic racism and therapy for me go together. Because if you're going to break down your system, your system may be being built up in life to be abused in a relationship. Your system may be based on not understanding what racism is, whatever it is. Like we have to really treat ourselves well if we're going to undo what we know, what we've been taught. That's so good. So me cussing you out on Facebook, me telling you you're wrong, me saying whatever, I'm just keeping you in a state within your body where you are immobile. It doesn't help anybody. And I think this is if we've ever needed help before Tia is now.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: I agree. I'm so
2: grateful that, like you said, COVID is in no way a blessing (laughs) in any, in any way, shape or form. However, the, the timing of it has been advantageous yeah. in some ways, as you said before. I'm not sure if we yeah. reco- we're recording it we were or not. We're not recording
3: then. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
2: also just my own personal experience with all of this. You know, when I I was still very much personalizing in 2016 mm. when we had those riots in Charlotte, right. Um,
3: right.
2: And for the first time ever, I identified as a police wife. All these years, I had never—because he's just—he leaves it at work. He doesn't bring it home. It's not our identity. There are women who, like, marry to be a police wife. That's just not—it wasn't me. Right. So I was very much still personalizing others' opinions Mm. and others' Mm -hmm. trauma responses— um, right, right. at that time and engaged in the work. And I find it advantageous that it's been in the last mm. two, two and a half years that I've entered into my own trauma work from my entire right. lifetime yeah, and can begin to understand this. And I cannot emphasize enough what you just said, Kim, that, that therapy and anti-racism mm-hmm. are so, so tied together that we yes. all have incredible work to do yes. with people like you who can help us work through these trauma responses and understand these responses that are happening um, beyond our control, truly.
1: This conversation with Kim is so good so far. It's so powerful. I'm learning so much. I know. And I mean, it's good news and bad news, but we just had so much more to say that we couldn't fit it all (laughs) in one episode.
0: Yeah, so I was not ready for that to end. So conversation
1: continued for about another 30 minutes. So we split it into two weeks. So make sure to tune in again next week to hear the rest of our conversation with Kim. And she dives deep into um, connection. Um, what are some Trauma other Trauma responses. Trauma responses.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I ask my own personal questions and treat her like my personal therapist, which I mean, you know, Jess, we've just decided that that's what we're going to do. This show's (laughs) for us now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We get a lot out of it. We love you. Um, but we figure if we have these awesome experts on our show, why not ask them things we're thinking?
2: Because hopefully some of
1: you out there are thinking the same things. Yes. Um, So So, please, please, please check back in next week for the rest of the episode and follow us at Collected Ministries. We would love to hear from you too if you have questions or comments on anything that you hear on our show. Um, You know, we want this to be a dialogue if you want to say things back to us.
2: Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you. Info at CollectedMinistries.org. You guys have an amazing week and we'll see you back with part two next Thursday.
0: Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. The Collected Podcast is also on Patreon at patreon.com slash thecollectedpodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month. To gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia Mcnally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a non-profit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected podcast is recorded and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Alon.